Welcome back to Product Thinking. I'm Kyle Evans, and this week we're talking about ownership and accountability, a single throat to choke and a product mindset framework for outcomes. So a glutton for punishment. I was watching my soccer team, Real Salt Lake, the other night. Their season has been far from Chelsea-esque, much to my chagrin. Uh, but at least one of my teams did well this year, uh, winning the Champions League. So uh, hang with me for a second as we talk soccer, and I promise it will be relevant. Real Salt Lake has been meh for a while now. Hints of exceptional with long stretches of mediocrity. It is a far cry from competing for championships not that long ago. They did win in 2009 and then again a heartbreak in 2013. And you know, we're competitive for a while, but uh, it has been some long stretches of not so great. Uh, that is part of the pain of being a fan of Utah sports teams. So shout out to anyone who's a fan of pretty much any team from Utah. And I'm sure a lot of you out there can feel that pain as well. One major problem we're currently facing as a team and fan base is a lack of ownership, literally, and accountability. The previous owner was accused of workplace misconduct for some remarks he made and was forced to sell the team. But he couldn't sell in the specified time frame. So the league, Major League Soccer, took over the sale. So there is basically no owner of the team right now. They haven't found a new owner. The old owner is out and the team is kind of in limbo, basically, without a single person or group that actually cares about the performance of a team. Do you think that team will perform well or get the resources for changes or be held accountable to make changes? Unfortunately, not. And that's part of what we're seeing. You know, I tweeted out uh, the other night, can't help but feel that the raw talent of Real Salt Lake is being wasted by poor coaching staff and management. Where's the accountability? Time for change. Another problem is the extension of that. There doesn't seem to be accountability when performance lags. Uh, Freddie Juarez, the current coach, has had a mediocre season following a mediocre season last year, uh, but has not changed tactics at all, even after consistently being outcoached. But who will hold the coaching staff accountable? And to add insult to injury, post-game interviews are generally very soft, uh, highlighting positives, glossing over negatives, even in losses. The commentators rarely criticize or question and the press conferences that I've seen don't really hold the team's feet to the fire like they should. So with no accountability coming from the top and no probing questions coming from below, you get a mediocre season where you may or may not make the playoffs. I'm definitely not one that calls for rash changes because teams aren't doing well. You know, we're not New England or New York, but it's important to self-reflect and understand what is working, what isn't, and be flexible enough to adjust. Uh, you know, I'm certain a mediocre season is not the outcome that the team or coaches or management want. 
I don't believe that most people strive for mediocrity in what they do, but that can be the outcome of a poor system or poor incentives. And when you lack ownership and accountability, changing the system is often where product management and product thinking come into our modern technology teams and organizations. This involves not only the product manager as a person within a product team, but as the mindset and framework for an organization to create better ownership and accountability. So first off, as an owner, in one of my previous roles, we like to call the product manager the single throat to choke because they were the owner of the outcomes, especially when those outcomes were bad. If metrics seemed off or a product wasn't performing, the product manager was on the hook for an explanation. Uh, Interestingly, very few people were interested when things were going really well or, or as expected. But this jibes with how companies like Amazon and Apple view product development. At Amazon, they have individuals and leaders with what they call a single-threaded focus. They expect the leaders of a team or division to be focused relentlessly on a single area so so that it gets the attention it needs. They know if a person gets too divided in their focus, they can't pay the right amount of attention. They also know that if a team or product doesn't have a leader with a single focus on it, it won't make progress. Uh, You can see my work, see my note on working backwards, the book, uh, for more on this. The link is in this week's newsletter. Apple also has the concept of a directly responsible individual, Uh, a person who is specifically responsible for a feature or product. Again, it is about a single person Uh, who is focused, responsible, and accountable for the outcomes. Um, We talked about that also in a recent newsletter, uh, reviewing the book uh, Creative Selection about Apple's uh, culture. So you can see the note on that also linked in this week's newsletter. And find the links for that in the show notes. So that is a little bit about the owner. So what about the framework? Product management and a product mindset also work as a framework within a team and organization. Focusing on outcomes forces us to ask deeper questions of ourselves and our teams. Rather than feel-good questions like, what can you learn for the next game? You know, we need to be asking what specifically went wrong. Why did you make substitutions so late in the game? Why are you not making tactical changes even when you're not scoring? You know, we have to understand what success looks like so that we can measure against it. Is it making the playoffs? Is it increasing goals per game? Is it decreasing goals against us? For our products, having a framework for success is critical. And using product management and a product mindset within our teams and organizations to force those questions is also critical. When things go wrong, asking what specifically went wrong. Why did we do X instead of Y? Why did our choice lead to that outcome? Diving into the specifics of what went wrong. Before we get started, we also understand what success looks like or what we think it looks like. Is it increasing users? Is it increasing retention? 
Is it increasing revenue? By how much? Understanding these metrics enables us to focus on important decisions and measure how well we are doing. They also enable us to make changes along the way. If we need to make a tactical shift mid-game, we can understand that uh, rather than using the same game plan game after game. So having true ownership of products, features, metrics, and outcomes ensures that someone cares about those things, can focus the right attention on them, and can ultimately drive their success. If there isn't ownership, there can't be that level of success. Watching teams, whether professional sports teams or product development teams without ownership and accountability is always disheartening. They don't win like they should be able to, but with real ownership, asking tough questions and holding ourselves to a high standard, we can achieve amazing outcomes. And that is the purpose of ownership and accountability and having that single throat to choke and a product mindset uh, for outcomes within our teams. So uh, check out that newsletter at productthinking.cc. There's also a couple other links uh, in there as well for some interesting podcasts and articles. So first, first off, getting into product management, a conversation with Piali Day that uh, I did recently. Piali is a product manager with Microsoft. And in this episode, uh, her and I talked about tips on getting into product management, including the skills new product managers need, how to leverage existing experience, and interviewing and networking tips. We also discussed what you can do to build your portfolio, how to avoid common resume mistakes, and whether you need certifications and specific education. Uh, and we also dove into the importance of diversity and inclusion on our product teams. It was a great conversation. So check that one out. Link also in this week's newsletter. Um, another article, uh, Don't Lose the Democratizing Effect of Remote Work. So this one from the Harvard Business Review and part of an ongoing uh, list that I have on Twitter. So you can check out all of the uh, articles on remote work that I have uh, at Kyle Larry Evans is my handle on Twitter. But this one talks about uh, a silver lining of the pandemic was the democratization of access to remote work. Before the pandemic, remote work was typically limited to highly paid professionals. But during the pandemic, we learned that remote work is possible in many lower ranked jobs. And I think it brings up such a great point. You know, I've been a proponent of remote work for a very, very long time. And I think that it is uh, very, very doable at at multiple levels in, in all sorts of businesses and all sorts of roles. And I think there have been huge benefits uh, across the board for many, many people uh, as remote work has been uh, more widespread through the pandemic. Uh, so that silver lining. And the democratizing effect of it is definitely uh, an interesting part of that. So seeing how it has impacted not only the highly paid professionals, but also other uh, remote, other workers who may not have had the opportunity to uh, experience and experiment with remote work. So 
uh, such an important part that we shouldn't lose that effect uh, that we've been experiencing during the pandemic. Uh, finally, Metaverses, an article uh, from uh, Stratechery, the idea of the metaverse is really taking off lately. Uh, I'm about halfway through the book Snow Crash right now, where the term was first coined, but the idea is a completely persistent parallel, uh, interoperable online life. Uh, You may be familiar with the idea from either Snow Crash or other dystopian sci-fi works, Uh, but Facebook, Microsoft, and other companies are very serious about creating a real metaverse or metaverses. Uh, What will be the implications of that? I expect it will go well beyond gaming to work and life and other realms. Uh, It will be fascinating to watch and to help create this Uh, and hopefully not only dystopian, though it's hard to imagine a metaverse without some some real dystopian aspects to it, uh, given that it is either dystopian in itself or uh, has a dystopian reality associated with it. Anyway, uh, check that out. We'll probably be talking a lot more about that uh, in other future notes and episodes uh, because it is only going to become more important. So that is the podcast for this week. Again, I am Kyle Levin, Kyle Evans. Uh, you can find me on social medias at Kyle Larry Evans. Uh, this w- you can find this newsletter at productthinking.cc. Uh, we will be doing this probably about every other week now. We've been doing it weekly and uh, slowing that down just a bit uh, in order to uh, make sure that I don't burn out. So we've been talking about burnout periodically. Uh, so making sure that we've got good content and are able to do it at a sustainable rate. So look for this uh, about every other week or so, maybe a little more frequently as topics come up, but definitely uh, about at that cadence. And uh, subscribe, follow uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and I will talk to you next time.